Okay, I am back to Not Fake News. Welcome to another edition of Not Fake News, a podcast exposing and analyzing misinformation, disinformation, and no information in the news. By me, Mike T., your Ivy League conservative, former Democrat who has come to his senses, coming to you from the great flyover country, the great Midwest. Saturday is a day after and a usually slow news day. But each of the three newspapers that came to my driveway Saturday morning struck a fake news nerve. So here's my long title of the program today. Pronouns, protected protesting, coup plotting, and unrefined arrogance of Peggy. There are lots of P's there, and I apologize. And the Peggy is Peggy Noonan, who writes every Saturday for the Wall Street Journal. I saved her for the last, and uh, but I found enough junk from these three prominent news sources that requires a response. So here we go. First, the most obvious source of Democrat elites and swamp creatures, propaganda, that would be the New York Times. And here's the headline, quote, Republicans close their eyes to the evidence of January 6th, end quote. It's a front page news analysis by Jonathan Weissman. And it appears that according to Mr. Weissman, the J6 committee has, quote, deeply undercut, if not demolished, this post-election myths repeated incessantly by former President Trump and his supporters and embraced and amplified by Republicans in Congress, end quote. He is, of course, referring to the three so-called hearings choreographed on Capitol Hill by the Nancy Pelosi anti-Trump unselect January 6th committee. Well, let me state the obvious, and you don't need to be an attorney to see that these are not, quote, hearings. And the so-called evidence consists mostly of carefully selected and carefully edited video clips of Democratic lawyers posing questions to various persons who were called by subpoena to appear. So the J6 committee is not really conducting fact-finding hearings, and there is no adversarial cross-examination of witnesses. According to any law dictionary, a hearing is defined as a proceeding wherein evidence is taken for the purpose of determining an issue of fact and reaching a decision on the basis of that evidence. Evidence is defined as all the means by which any alleged matter of fact the truth of which is submitted to investigation at a judicial trial. Evidence includes the testimony of witnesses, the introduction of records, documents, exhibits, any other probative matter offered for the purpose of inducing belief in the party's contention by the trier of fact. Who is 
the trier of fact. Who is the prosecutor, jury, and judge in this kangaroo court? Well, the prosecutor, jury, and trier of fact in the J6 committee, and they are using these so-called hearings to convince the partisan Department of Justice to bring criminal charges against, you guessed it, Donald J. Trump. The committee handpicked by Pelosi, the same nasty woman who tore up the president's State of the Union address and initiated two impeachment proceedings, that woman, her committee is already convinced that Donald Trump induced an insurrection or a coup on January 6th, and in so doing, almost destroyed democracy. Well, most people know that these are not legitimate adversarial hearings, and the so-called evidence presented are merely allegations and arguments, certainly not proven by any standard of proof, because the process is so flawed. And that is why most people, not just Republicans, are not paying attention to this six-ring circus. Like the two prior impeachments of Donald Trump and the Russia hoax, this exercise is a partisan waste of time and money by desperate Democrats and Liz Cheney to misdirect us from the multiple Biden administration policy disasters. Now, story number two to the local newspaper known as the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Since it is Pride Month, the PD featured a front-page article on private companies in Greater Cleveland who, quote, are encouraging, end quote, encouraging companies to use preferred pronouns and gender-neutral language when communicating by phone or email. This is to make LGBTQers more comfortable. But what about persons who are uncomfortable and respectfully refuse to participate in the pronoun identification exercise because they do not wish to normalize the abolition of biological sex in favor of gender identity or sexual expression? What about those persons? What about their comfort? Apparently, when they speak up, this is seen as politics. The Cleveland Plain Dealer also featured an editorial board roundtable discussion entitled, Should Protesters at Justices' Homes Be Subject to Arrest? The editorial cites federal law 18 U.S. Code section 1507, which criminalizes protests outside judges' homes and offices if the protests have the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or influencing any judge in the discharge of his or her duty. The law says that if convicted, the pickets shall be fined or imprisoned for not more than one year or both. In other words, it is a federal crime a felony, not a misdemeanor, subject to a potential prison sentence when you protest with the intent of influencing any judge. Remember, 
the Supreme Court has not yet reached a decision on the Mississippi case that would or could overturn Roe v. Wade. That means any picketing or protesting outside a justice's house is done with the purpose to persuade or influence the justice's decision. And it is clearly a violation of the federal statute. So why are these people not being arrested and prosecuted? Well, we all know the answer. Politics. Pure politics. And the PD acknowledges that the Department of Justice has shown no interest in enforcing this law. The editorial board compares the Supreme Court resident protesters with peaceful January 6th protesters attending Trump's speech at the Ellipse in Washington, D.C., because they somehow, quote, sought to impede the administration of justice by trying to stop the counting of electoral votes, end quote. Sorry, not the same thing. Nice try. Now, it is worth mentioning that of the seven members of the editorial board roundtable, five are left-leaning and two are right-leaning, and not exactly diversity and equity in a major Midwest metropolitan newspaper, is it? One of the lefties, a lawyer, had to admit that the protests are illegal under the federal statute, but he understood why the protesters were so mad, and he suggested that there may be an, and I'll quote, quote on this, an angry abortion protester defense available. So four of the seven editorial board members basically said the protesters should not be arrested so long as they are peaceful. There you have it. A majority of media influencers in Cleveland, Ohio, side with law-breaking. In other words, in the words of Spanky, of the little rascals, remarkable. Finally, I turn to the Wall Street Journal weekend edition that each week features the opinion of Peggy Noonan. So who is Peggy Noonan, you ask? Well, Peggy Noonan is a big deal influencer. She's 71-year-old, Pulitzer Prize-winning opinion columnist, a political analyst for ABC News and NBC News. She has written nine books on American history, politics, and culture. She was a speechwriter for President Ronald Reagan. She has taught in the history department of Yale University. So she is an important media person. Like the Wall Street Journal editorial writers, Miss Peggy does not like Donald Trump. In an amazing display of pomposity and arrogance, Miss Peggy wrote that the January 6th committee has exposed the Trump loyalists who stated under oath, and I quote, that the idea of the 2020 election was stolen, was all made up, pure fiction, deliberate lie aimed at overturning an election, end quote. Now, even me, a news junkie, could not bring myself to watch the Pelosi-directed, thinly disguised third impeachment of Donald Trump 
under the pretext of a Congressional Fact-Finding Commission. This third production contains some of the same actors, but has a new plot. This time, an insurrection of angry people, without weapons, by the way, using flagpoles, to overthrow the United States government, some dressed in all black, some with government assistance. Will the Hollywood-directed docudrama reveal the whole story in great detail? Will it truly expose all the players and all the facts that culminated in the three-hour riot at our nation's capital on January 6th? No, but it will serve to influence an influencer like Peggy Noonan, who is convinced that Biden won the election fair and square even though he didn't bother to campaign. And she's convinced that there was no election hanky-panky anywhere, and there's absolutely no reason to question the results, to investigate the widespread evidence of election fraud as documented in the movie 2000 Mules. I would not be surprised if Peggy Noonan's Wall Street Journal opinion appeared on screen in the next performance by the committee. So what else did Miss Peggy say? She wrote, on election night, all the president's people told the president that he lost. So, so Trump looked around for kooks, crooks, and freaks. He didn't have to look far because America has lots of them and Trump world more than most. This is a quote from Peggy Noonan in the Wall Street Journal. But wait, there is more. And I will quote her. Quote, their efforts were knocked down in the courts by Trump-appointed judges and rebuffed in the states by Republican officials. Mr. Trump tried to get his voice, vice president to go along, but he refused. So he, Trump, threw his most passionate supporters on the ground into it and told them, to march on the Capitol, be there, be wild. And then she wrote, those poor, stupid people did, end quote. Wow, that's right. In the Wall Street Journal, Miss Peggy Noonan referred to Trump supporters as those poor, stupid people. Well, those poor, stupid people, part of the 70 million who voted for Trump and tens of thousands who showed up at the ellipse to hear Trump's speech begging Congress to investigate a fraudulent election, not to overthrow the government, but to pause the certification of the election so that a proper investigation could take place. Remember, middle of, middle of the night, six swing states stopped the voting when Trump was way ahead in the count, only to find that nearly all of the mail-in ballots went to Joe Biden, a candidate who didn't even campaign. A small number of Trump supporters breached the Capitol and got arrested, mostly for trespassing. Some were urged to bust into the Capitol by people like Ray Epps. Many were invited into the Capitol grounds by Capitol Police. None of the trespassers were armed. The J6 committee will never tell us who were the first to breach the Capitol and whether these persons were even charged. 
the committee will never tell us how many government agencies were involved in the riot. They will never tell us why Nancy Pelosi refused to act on President Trump's recommendation for 20,000 National Guard troops. The committee will never tell us how the $417 million spent by Mark Zuckerberg to get out the Democrat vote by any means possible, including ballot trafficking by mysterious operatives wearing gloves and visiting multiple drop boxes between midnight and 5 a.m. in Democratic counties. We won't learn any of this by the J6 committee. The committee will not be able to show that Trump directed or even encouraged anyone to break the law. They will not be able to show that our republic was in danger at any time. People were angry and some crossed the line. One died for doing so. The committee will not examine why an unarmed female protester named Ashley Babbitt had to be shot and killed. They won't go there. The committee will never ask why Trump supporters were upset about the way the election was processed. They will never seriously examine the election processes in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The committee's purpose is not to ascertain facts. It is to bury Donald Trump, a man with many political lives. The committee's purpose is to teach a lesson to the poor, stupid followers of Trump to abandon Trump in the 2024 election. Back to Miss Peggy Noonan. Miss Peggy is quite confident that will occur. She wrote, and I quote, America isn't going to elect Trump again. They're not going to let that guy back in that house, meaning the White House, because everyone knows it. Let Donald Trump back there and he'll do a January 6th again, because while his followers love America, he doesn't. Well, there you go. Pulitzer Prize material, right? Elect Trump and you will have another January 6th insurrection. Makes perfect sense to me. Bottom line for Miss Peggy. She says, Donald Trump does not love America. And if the poor, stupid people vote him back in in 2024, he will lead the poor, stupid people in another assault on the Capitol. Now, why would he do that? She doesn't say. It makes about as much sense at the January 6th committee kangaroo court. So there you have it. Three different newspapers on the same day spewing fake news and reaching new lows. That's all I've got to say. Until next time, this is Mike T. Saying thanks for listening. And remember, never take for granted the blessings of liberty established for us and our children by our great constitution. Read it. Learn it. Defend it against our enemies. Fake news is real, it's dangerous, it's everywhere. Stay informed, be engaged. Our republic depends on you to keep it.